0: Welcome to Oh, the People You'll Meet podcast. I am so glad you're here. Today I am with Lisa Dean and We are so excited to hear from Lisa today. Um, One of the reasons, just so you know, the reason I started this podcast is that I get to meet like incredible people. And I feel like it's like this thing that God does. He just brings incredible people in my life. And in fact, my producer today goes, how do you get to meet these cool people? I don't know. But God puts these really cool people into my life. And But what's really cool about them is their stories. And when I hear their stories, I'm like so encouraged. I'm so encouraged that God is big, He but He also makes me feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm here. Like, and so when I hear people's stories, I feel closer to the Lord. I know that he's here. I see him working in other people's lives and Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel closer to him. Mm -hmm. And so when we decided to start the podcast, I was like, I knew exactly what we wanted. I wanted to do. I said, I want to share my friend's stories because they're so (laughs) inspiring and they're so amazing. And I want to share those stories. And so We decided to start this podcast, and so I get to introduce everyone else to my friends and the people that I have gotten to meet over time, and so I'm very excited about having you here, Lisa. Thank you. So what we usually do do is kind of go back a little. We start kind of going back. Well, first, we we talk about how I met you. So let's talk about how we met. Yes. So, um, we're in the boy mom football mom, club, uh-huh. right? Yep. And O-line specifically. And yes. that's a big deal, you know, being O-line moms, um, which we understand we relate to each other and how to feed our boys. Cause they eat a lot, a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> so much. So we totally relate on that. Um, and you know, watching our boys, um, become such good friends and just yeah. see their bond and, um, and is you're older than Caden. And, and that's how we kind of met is through that yeah. and through their school. Um, but we kind of figured out when we first met that we also had a love for Beachbody products. You had done like some fun, you were in, I think the test, the group, test group for, for country. country Heat. And so that was kind of yes. a fun little thing. But then also you, um, have some background in pageants and we're going to talk about that. And so I was like, uh, mesmerized when I met you. I like, oh, pageants are so, I mean, every girl's dream, right? A pageant. I know That's mine, funny. maybe not every girl's, maybe girly girls like me, like just think tiaras are the most incredible thing ever. Right. We all so, want
1: one. <laughs> we all have an invisible
0: one. I don't know why people. Yeah. So I love tiaras. I love pink. So yes. Yeah. So I just think it's so interesting, but I want to kind of go back to a little bit Um, for your story, I want to hear your story a little bit and how you, um, just like where you grew up, where you went to college, kind of how you got started on kind of the path that you're on.
1: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I, um, not from Texas, (laughs) uh, but right. We got here as soon as we could. Isn't (laughs) that what I'm supposed to say? (laughs) I got here as soon as I could. Good. Good. You went. Check. (laughs) Yes. So I grew up in Illinois, right, right outside of Chicago in Mm -hmm. the suburbs and uh grew up very strong close knit family and I'm the youngest of four I've got two brothers and a sister I'm a big family and yes and we're all four years apart and my sister was more the the tomboy and riding horses and I was the dancer and I grew up studying ballet and jazz and doing the nutcracker when I was younger and then you know, it progressed and to the dance team and cheerleading. And I did that all through high school and then in college too. And in high school, my senior year, that was kind of when you alluded to pageants. That's kind of the, my first exposure to it. My, my dad at the time was professor at Northwestern. So it's kind of like to paint the little picture here. So (laughs) where people understand, because directors of a state pageant came into our school and they were sharing about this pageant system. And I thought, gosh, I'm like, I want to try that. And I went home and I said, you know, to my mom and dad, and I said, Hey, I said, can I, you know, do this pageant? And my dad, of course, being the professor that he was and very stern said, absolutely not. And he said, You will not do a pageant. He didn't it's, want you to do it's it. Education, education, education. And I just went, But, Dad, I said, I can get a full ride to college. And he goes, Well, let's go get a dress. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was it. I, I did my first pageant.
0: Dads are just so like, so, not my dad was the opposite, but I see that in my husband. I mean, it's definitely very like black and white. Like it, it all has to do with yes. the money, right? It yes. all comes down to how much yes. is it going to cost me? Yes. I was and watching Prince, uh, father of the bride yesterday. And I
1: thought of that, like, I was like, it was so all about what that wedding was going to cost. Yeah. yeah what what's the bottom me? line? Yeah. And for him, it was just education. But once he heard scholarship, he was like, Oh, Well, all right. We need to go get a dress then, right? And that one was the very first pageant I had competed in, and I won. And from there, it was kind of like I was, I was hooked on. So what pageant was that? What was it, Miss? That was Illinois Junior Miss. Okay, Illinois Junior Miss. And I was kind of like hooked, hooked on that. But and I did them throughout college for scholarship. That's why I I did it. So
0: so to, for those that don't understand, like the pageant, there's different pageants. So was that the pageant that has the um, talent or no talent?
1: That was talent. Talent. I, okay. I, I danced. Dance. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did those. You know, there were some other pageants too that I did throughout college, uh, just basically for the this, this scholarship. It was really what it was. And then, but what I learned later was the skills that I gained that I didn't know I was gaining while I was doing it and the communication skills and the leadership skills and really just the confidence that pours into a girl that you get from competing. Cause I never looked at it as competing against other girls. I always looked at it as competing against myself. And that's one of the things that I teach. But anyway, did that uh, in, in college. I originally thought when I w- went to college that I was, Going to be a lawyer, and that's I, what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to be in the courtroom, and I wanted, you know, to be saying I object. I just that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and a
0: cute suit, yes, and yes, exactly. And I was
1: thing. like, I was gonna be Elwood, yes, <laughs> before it was out. So, um, later on, I was approached by a graduate student that said, Hey, we're doing this new show, and we thought you'd be great for it. Do you want to come? you know, audition. And I thought, well, all right. Okay. Clearly they knew I had the gift of gab. Yeah. So I went and I auditioned and I, I got a, a part as it was a new show. It was a live news show. And I ended up getting a part as like an entertainment host. And so I thought, gosh, this is really fun. So this
0: was on TV, like a TV it was. show. Mm-hmm. Oh my yes. goodness.
1: So it was a, a local show. I was by this time I was a junior in college. And so my last two years of college. I worked on this local news show and I did the news and then I did, you know, the entertainment portion of it and I fell in love with it and I ended up obviously then switching. I got my degree in broadcast journalism and I also at the time in college had been approached to models. So then I started modeling and I graduated from Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. And I would drive, I would find myself, I would drive home on the weekends and uh, have like long weekends to model for my agent that was out of Chicago. And then I would go back and then I would drive all the way back up. And when I graduated, I moved back up by my family and I am like one of those entrepreneurial spirits. I don't know why, but I ended up opening up my own at the age of 20, was I 22, 23, opening up my own talent agency. And so how did you know to do that? How did you know that was a need? So one of the clients that I would get to work for was actually Walter Payton, Chicago bear.
0: And (laughs) was that in the, 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 heyday Walter Payton? Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: For sweetness. Yeah. And he had these restaurants and, and upscale nightclubs throughout Chicago. I think he had three and they would the promotions director would always host these grandiose, you know, promotions, whether it was, you know, for the Final Four, whether it was, you know, the Super Bowl or whatnot. And I still was loving dance and I would freelance and go out and i so I'd get hired to choreograph numbers for dance teams or um I'd choreographed a couple numbers for shows. And so he actually said, We're gonna do some things at for the final four can you have dancers can we come so I quickly was like gosh I'm like I just gathered my girlfriends from college and was like okay we need to go you guys got to go do a go do a performance and so here we go and so all of a sudden it went from being a choreographer and a model to then managing and I went okay so that door opened and then I opened up my agency and so then I did print work. I had models, I had dancers. And then there was, uh, one of the top radio stations in Chicago, they were going to start bringing around a group of dancers whenever their DJs would make appearances and they would make it a big event. And so then I started choreographing for that. And then I started managing that dance group. And then there was a CBA basketball team that moved to Chicago and they had heard of me and they had seen, uh, numbers that I had choreographed for some sporting events. And then they came to me and asked if I would be their choreographer and director for their dance team. So I did that. And then I just funneled it all through my talent agency. And we, I called my, my talent agency Le Gen, for legend, for legendary. And actually my dad and my, uh, the attorney came up with that. So at 23, I had this and. Yeah. How did you ever sleep? I mean, I just like, I want to go take a nap because that just wears <laughs> me
0: out that you were doing so much at 23. I was like, I don't know what I was doing, but not that.
1: <laughs> and, but you know, 23, yeah. you don't sleep, right? Yes, I mean, yeah. you, kids you just energy, don't. Yeah. And so I did that. And then, but I always had in the back of my mind, like, gosh, I miss television. I miss radio. Right. And I still, you know, kind of want to do that. And I then had an opportunity, uh, With a a production company, it was actually the parent company of the CBA basketball team. They also owned the Chicago Marathon. They all they they owned a lot of stuff, and they owned a few television shows, and uh, radio shows. And so they knew I had a background, and there was a need, and so it was like, okay, Lisa, you'll you'll host this syndicated radio show. So then I hosted a syndicated radio show, and. Then that was easy because I would just go in and I could lay down all my tracks, you know, in two days and then it would, it would go out. But then they had the Morton Downey Jr. show that they were bringing back and reviving because he was retired. And when he came back then they said, do you want to co-host with him? And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm like, okay. I'm I'm like, I'll, I'll do it. So I had, you know, goals in my mind. I'm one of those. that's like a I dream, I dream big. Obviously. And I always think, like, if you're going to do it, go. Do it big, right? right? And if you're going to dream, dream big and dream dream in color. And I was young. I was single. And I then remember doing that show with Mort and then getting an opportunity to go to California from a connection with that. I went to California and I started doing this other show. And I hosted, uh, I hosted the show and it was actually with Ernie Lively, who is Blake Lively's dad. So yeah, (laughs) so I did that. And then it was really weird. I was just like, wow, I'm kind of lonely out here in California. (laughs) California. And my brother had lived in Newport beach and I called him and I said, can you come spend the weekend with me? And I ended up after that, you know, going back home. And I'll never forget, like I had these goals that I wanted to reach and it was by this time, I remember I was 26 years old and And you've done like more than most (laughs) 26-year-olds.
0: I mean, like, I mean, I think wrapped up like, okay, you could have just at that point said and scene, like (laughs) and done. (laughs) And everyone would have been like, she's a legend. No wonder it was called legend.
1: But I remember one night laying in bed and and I just remember crying. And I was crying because I was, you know, I, I wanted to make a certain amount of money by the time I was you know 25 I wanted to have a national show by the time I was 30 I wanted to have done you know a magazine or something modeling wise all of those things happened and I'm driving you know my little BMW convertible and I'm living in a high rise right off of Lakeshore Drive and I just remember crying in my my condo and and just saying lord what what is this? Why am I so unhappy? Because, by world's terms, I've made it. Oh, right, right. But not by his terms, yeah. because it wasn't it wasn't for him at the time. You know, everything that I was doing was for Lisa, <laughs> right? And that is when that moment. That's when I gave my life to Christ. And, really? And I went to. Um, well, let me back up. I did not that at moment. That moment, he really actually whispered to me. Willow Creek, which is um, one of the mega churches and it's outside of Chicago. And I went to Willow Creek. I called, I woke up the next morning, I called my girlfriend and I said, you know, the Lord really whispered to me, Willow Creek, I need to go to Willow Creek and I've heard about this church. And, uh, and she said, okay. And she's, she says, I'll go. I love their music. They're really good. <laughs> so I thought, okay, great. Yeah. So went to church and, uh, the pastor that day, what it wasn't Bill Hybels, um, and I'm totally drawing a to blank at his name, the case for Christ, um, Lee Strobel, Lee Strobel, he was our pastor. And so he, that day Lee gave the message on if you want God to forgive you and you want that relationship, you know, you've got to forgive those that you're carrying this hurt around for. And it really spoke to me and at that time because I had just gotten out of a, a very bad relationship and I knew I thought, gosh, I've got to let go of this mm-hmm. and I have to forgive him for the things that he had done to me. And and I, I did. I went home and I pulled out my Bible and I got down on my burgundy shag carpet. And I gave my life to Christ. And I remember saying there and then, Lord, I don't need, you know, anything. I don't need a man. I just need you. Yeah. And from there on, I was on fire for the Lord. And my sister-in-law, um, went through and discipled me and, uh, and it was really cool. Then I ended up doing the next, not the next job, but I had another, uh, client come and say, "Will you host this event for me. And I said, okay. And then she called me and she said, by the way, she said, I think I met the guy that you're going to marry. And I just went, no, no, no. I'm like, (laughs) I have no interest in men. I'm like, I was like this. I'm like, no, I'm like, I am focused on Lisa And my relationship with the Lord and my career. And that is it. And anyway, I went and hosted this event for in Chicago. And I walked in and I saw this good-looking guy standing at the bar. And there was probably about five or six women all around him. And they were just cackling and hanging on every word. And I thought, oh, dear Lord. (laughs) I'm like please I'm like he's one of those and so I just kind of looked and I'm like oh and I just like walked away well he leaves them and he comes around and he he starts talking to me we end up talking for about an hour and then he walks me to my car that night and he said I want you to know that you're the one God has for me and I said I know no way (laughs)
0: Like your first night? Like first the first night time you
1: ever met him First night. First night. And I got in the car and I called my mom and I said, I think I just met my husband. And nah, she went, Oh, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, not another I think yeah. dead. No, yeah. And oh, um goodness. And anyway, and so that was it. I met I met Dean in on uh October, November, September eighth. And he proposed three months later, December 15th, and then he found out he was in the marketplace at the time, and at the time he was working as a manager. He grew, he started at Merrill Lynch as a broker and then worked his way up, and he was a manager at the time. It was Payne Weber. became UBS, and they were moving him to Sugar Land, Texas, and so I said I wasn't going to move with them, you know, engaged, and so... We bought a house, we moved up the wedding date, and then we got married June 14th, and gosh, June 14th, we got married, and nine and a half months later, we had Kennedy Ann, and it's been like nonstop. stop I'm like, what just happened? I'm like, whoa, oh I'm not gosh. ready for this. So that was, we were down there, and, and when I became a mom, then it was kind of like everything for me was, you know... Um, I want to be a mom. I, yeah. I don't want to work full time. And, but yet I was, I was missing that piece. Yeah. I think some women are really much, my mom is an amazing mother and she lives for her children and her grandchildren. And that's right. all she wants to do is be a stay home mom. And so I think what happened with me is when I gave my life to Christ and when I started growing in my relationship with the Lord, I lost Lisa when I met Dean Uh and it all happened so quickly. Yeah. And then because I was still kind of more of like, I want to say like a baby Christian. Yeah. And I was growing in my walk that I felt like I had to fall into whatever these other Christian women do. Right. (laughs) So that's what, you know, um, and I lost sight of Lisa and then I became a mom so soon that I really lost sight of Lisa. And that was a little bit of a, of, of a struggle for me to come back and go, no, this, this is who, God's created me to be. And this is who I am. And I can be a mom that works outside of the house. And so it was a balancing act. I went back to reporting and then I became a midday anchor down in in Houston for a radio station there. I did that part-time, which was great. And then we moved back to Chicago uh, for his work. And when we moved back to Chicago, I became a freelance journalist. And then uh, I ended up being asked to write a column for one of the papers. And so I did that. I had my own column. and Everything for me has always been my heart and heartstrings are so pulled on girls and for girls and for women and especially those that are broken or yeah. searching. Yeah. And so when I was asked to sit on the board of directors for the Boys and Girls Club, I was the only female and I said the only way I will sit on the board is if you allow me to implement a program for girls and there needs to be eventually more women on this board right and so I did that and I created this this self-esteem program for girls called Girls of Greatness and then my whole goal for that was especially for the girls coming through the Boys and Girls Club to know that you can dream you can dream farther uh-huh. Than where you're allowing yourself to go, you know. Right. Your limit is only in what you have, and and for some, what they were told. Right. But you can you can have more. You have greatness inside of you. You have. We got to find it, and you've got to tap into it. So develop that program, and then that grew into a a local cable show, and then parents from the different neighborhoods were calling, wanting to know how they can get their daughter on the show. And so then the executive director actually challenged me and he said, you know, he said, I think you need to, you know, kind of reach more. Maybe need to write a book. So then I wrote the book girls of greatness. And then that came out actually the same year that I competed in one Mrs. Mm -hmm. Illinois in 2008. So wait, back up. Yes.
0: So you're writing a book. You have two children. Mm -hmm. You're working like (laughs) <laughs> did you ever sleep? No, hence the barracks. <laughs> <laughs> How, How did you manage that? Because I mean, I know a lot of times when we have kids and we're trying mm-hmm. to manage, you know, like, okay, we want a career, but we also maybe want to have something of, our, we want to have, be a mom, you mm-hmm. know, and that changes things, right? I mean, right. your kind of, your drive changed when you knew Christ because you knew who you were doing things for. Right. Mm -hmm. So your drive went from all about Lisa to like, okay, Lord, how can I use these gifts that you have for me? Right. Mm -hmm. But then you get married and you have this baby. And so then you're like kind of trying to figure out all the things. Right. Right. And I think a lot, that's very common for, for moms, you know, when they, that whole like, okay, now how do I do this? Because the the world tells you like, you have to be a perfect mom and it's such a struggle and that's, learning all these new things. But then you also have this thing that you want to do on, on the side, you know, to kind of keep you, right. you know? And so how did, I mean, you're writing a book, you have this show, you're doing all this stuff. How
1: did you balance that?
0: The kid part, the mom part? It,
1: it of course, it's not that it was any of it is easy ever. Right. But I was fortunate enough that I am very close with my parents And so I had my parents there that were supporting. If there was something where, you know, I had to go do, you know, film the show, then my mom would be there to take Kennedy for those couple of hours and, you know, be with her. And I also, we also had, uh, her, her name was Madonna and they would call her Miss Madonna. And she was a huge part of my my children's lives because she actually was in a way somewhat of even a mentor to me. She was just this amazing Christian woman, mom, wife, and she actually would run a daycare out of her home and a Christian daycare. And so I would in times be able to call her and have Madonna and the kids, I mean, it, your, your family grows. Right? right. So it's not even that they looked at it that way. It was like, that's, that was our family. Madonna and her family was our family. And when Caden was born, you know, that everyone was so close to miss Madonna and, and her girls. And Caden was, you know, the little ring bear in her daughter's wedding. I mean, it, we, you know, it, your family grows. Right. So I had an amazing support system. And at the time, Dean was very busy you know, with, with his work too, and a lot of travel. And so some of that you, you scale back and you have to say, wait, we're supposed to be a team, you know?
0: So it sounds like you kind of, a lot of these things that you were doing were kind of a lot of part-time things. So you had some flexibility too, which is probably what you needed with Dean's job and all that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, everything was, was part-time and was, you know, I was able to do on my timeline and my schedule. So, Nothing was ever really, you know, taken away from my time with the kids, right? You know, and this is really, majority of this part, a lot of it was when Kennedy was little, and then the book that came when Caden, you know, after Caden was born, but he was still little, and even before that, I mean, a lot of times I take the kids with me. (laughs) So (laughs) come on, come on with me. We're going. Let's go. So, and you know, they they would love it. Yeah.
0: So then y'all moved back to, y'all moved to Texas, I guess. When did you move back to Texas?
1: So this is actually a really neat story. And my family, my friends, and even some of my clients know, like, if I wake up at three in the morning and the Lord's whispered something to me, then I know that I know that I know. And there was this book and it's obviously it's still out now. It's called Halftime. And Dean had read the book, gosh, I don't know, 2004, 2005, and it really talks about, you know, going from success to significance and how so many times we can climb that corporate ladder and then get there and we can have all the toys, we can have the houses, but then we say, but then what, you know, and, and what did I do for the kingdom? What did I do? what did I do with what God gave me? Right. And so he had always said that, you know, maybe I'd want to go into some type of ministry. And I thought, okay, okay. And, We we would always joke around because he'd say, well, maybe I want to be a pastor. And I I said, well, I don't play the organ, so (laughs) It can't be. And I won't wear powder blue suits (laughs) with big ruffles, you know, like the the pastor's wife does. I'm like, so that was our joke. And so anyway, um, we were invited to a halftime event in California and the founder was going to be there and the CEO of the parent company was going to be there and they had a few guest speakers, and so we we went, we attended this, this event, and, you know, it was, it was absolutely gorgeous, and we went to bed that night, and I remember we went to bed, and we we're having a glass of wine, and we we're talking, and then I fell asleep, and the Lord woke me up at three in the morning, and he gave me Exodus, and I thought, Oh my gosh, really? I got to get up and I go read now? (laughs) I'm like, I just want to go back to bed. And I got up and I just started reading and I went, okay, Lord, you're taking us and leading us to the promised land. And so the next morning, I wake up Dean and I said, something's happening. I don't know what's happening, but we're moving. And at the time, Dean and I were talking about moving to California because we both had lived out in California when we were single and I had done a show and I wanted to get back into television. And so we were talking about moving to California and he said, I know Lise. that's why we're here. We're going to visit some other places too. And I said, and I start crying and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is it. And we had planned to go look at some neighborhoods that trip. And so then the next day we're, we go to our activities with the halftime group and you know, speakers again, go back to our room after dinner And go back to bed, 3.03 again, wake up, and the Lord just told me, you're not moving to California, you're moving to Texas, and Dean will be the CEO of Halftime. And then I couldn't even wait till the next morning, I had to wake him up. And then I'm crying. And he's like, what is wrong? What is wrong? And I'm like, we're not moving to California. <laughs> and he said, what? And I go, we're moving to Texas. I said, and you're going to be the CEO of Halftime. And he said, Lisa, there is no CEO of Halftime. And I go, I know, but that's because you're going to be it. And he said, okay, all right, Lisa. <laughs> so he's like, go back to bed. You're having a nightmare. And the next day was the end of the trip. And the president, the CEO of the parent company came up and said, I would love to come visit you guys in Chicago. And I said, sure. I said, come on out. I said, just don't come in the winter. It's really cold. And he said, well, no, I was thinking about coming in the next two weeks. And I went, okay. And long story short, he came out and he met with us and he said, you know, we've been looking for somebody. We need somebody to take half time, and we'd love for you to come you know, take over half time and we guys moved to Texas and we did and a year later they named him CEO.
0: That's how it happened. <laughs> oh my goodness, I have
1: chills. Yeah.
0: So how, like, I am going to like go back, how does the Lord like speak to you like that? I mean, is it something that you just like, I mean, in your prayer time you're like, Lord, speak to me. I mean, like, because not everyone audibly, I've only had that happen a couple times like audibly when the Lord has like spoken to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, oh, like one time I was um working I had a little um business. I sold clothes out of my house for worth wear and you get you get the clothes like every season, like yeah. once a season, and they're in your house and you have appointments and Jake was sick. He was so sick and that couldn't go anywhere. And so this was my outlet because like he couldn't go to Mother's Day out or anything. So I had to be home. So I was like, yeah. oh this is perfect. So I'm doing these shows. I have my second show. It's starting to be successful. And um I'm out doing um my Bible study and in it, it said, the Lord in this said, does your work or play schedule interrupt your family life? And I was like, no. And the Lord spoke to me for the first time I've ever, ever, and said, I want you to quit Worthware. And I was like, I think the Lord just spoke to me. Like he just said that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, (laughs) he said, no, no, thank you. No, you're wrong. No, I'm not going to. And I heard him laugh at me
1: yes and he said he laughs at me all the time (laughs)
0: and I heard him laugh and say do you not think I'm going to take care of you Mm. and I was like well of course Mm. you're going to take care of me Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he's like then you need to quit
1: Mm.
0: I didn't want to quit you know it was something that gave me purpose it's something that I loved but he he did speak to me at that time and and so I called Jeffrey and I said Oh my gosh, the Lord just spoke to me. This is so freaky. I've never had this happen before. Uh-huh. You know, what do I do? You know? And he's like, well, I go, hey, the Lord told me to quit Worthware, And he goes, it's funny because I've been telling you to quit for a long time. And I said, do you have? And he goes, yeah. I said, I didn't hear you.
1: Right. And
0: yeah. so that was my first like real experience. I really feel like the Lord audibly spoke to me. And so is that something that you feel like is a gift the Lord's given you? Or do you feel like, how did you develop that spiritual discernment I guess
1: right I you know I'm I think that when we lean in to whatever it is you know that we're facing whether it's fear whether it's or whether it's even a victory you know I I know that I need him on my best day just as much as I need him on my worst day Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And to never lose sight of that. And, and I know that we, we can and and we do. Right. But it's like, sometimes we only go to the Lord when we're in a trial. Right. When we're hurting, when we're in the valley and we got to praise him when we're in that valley and we got to stay praising him and loving him for what he is, you know, he is doing in us that he's going to then do through us. And then when we get to that mountaintop that we can still be singing his praises even more so because of where he, where you've been, where we've been and where he took us. Right. And so I think it's just for me, it's like to always have that, that heart that's going to be open. And sometimes I can check myself and go, Ooh, you know, you're closed Lisa right now. Cause if I've, you know, I can be stubborn. I'm Irish (laughs) and I'm like, this is what I want to do. And this is it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm just going to go along. But then all of a sudden, you know, it's like I can get a check in my spirit. And it's to really know, for me, it's to know, have that check in the spirit. But then also, like, going out to California. That was what I wanted, and that is what Dean wanted. And right. So it was like, let's do it. We're going to go. That's what go. we're doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And, but yet, when you really take that step and go, okay, do I have peace? Because if I don't have peace then I can't move forward Right. when I have that peace. And you know, one of my girlfriends, you know, called it Jesus peace. I'm like, when I've got that peace and I know it's Jesus peace, Yeah. then I'm, I'm good to go. And then I'm going to trust with everything. Right. And when I woke up in the middle of the night crying, yes, I was crying, tears of sadness because <laughs> darn it, I wanted California and you're I mean, sending me Texas. This is
0: nice, but it's definitely not California,
1: No, right? but then it was tears of joy in the sense of, Oh my gosh, this is happening. Yeah. And I don't know what road is ahead of us and I don't know what he's doing, but man, I'm just going to put on my seatbelt, buckle up and let's go. Right. So, okay. So you're in Texas. In Texas.
0: And kind of what you were doing before, all those things are not in Texas.
1: So how did you kind of find your footing when you moved to Texas? Yes. When we moved to Texas, uh, it was just over 10 years ago. And Kennedy Ann was finishing up sixth grade, which means Kaden would have been finishing up second grade at the time, I believe. And when I was back in Chicago and... Girls of Greatness, the book, was taking off. I would be asked to speak at different events. So I started speaking at Mother Daughter teas. I started speaking at church retreats. I started speaking for American Girl and their events. And then Girl Scouts and then schools. And a friend of ours that is a psychiatrist said, you know, Lisa, you really should get certified as a life coach and have that in your toolbox with you. And it just gives you a little bit more when you're speaking. And I had contemplated at the time of going back and getting my master's in counseling, and I thought, well, I'll I'll, I'll get certified as a life coach. So I went to school and did an 18 month program and became a life coach. And I would take on just a few clients. When we moved to Texas, my thought was, I will keep just those clients back, you know, in Illinois. And not work, my focus is only on the kids to make sure it's a smooth transition for them as we're moving. So I, at the time, then ran into, she was the director for Mrs. Texas. And she owned three states for the Mrs. America organization. And she remembered me uh, when I was Mrs. Illinois. Because I was Mrs. Illinois 2005 for you. U.S. Globe and then Mrs. Illinois 2006 for United States and then Mrs. Illinois 2008 for Mrs. America, and she remembered me because I would often win interview. That was just one of my strengths, and so she asked me, "Do you want to coach my winners and get them ready for the national pageant?" And I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, that's it's just a little hobby thing. It's not anything, and I'll do that because I'm not working now and my focus is the kids, and. I ended up with her coaching her winners and then we ended up having two back to back national winners. And she said, you really know you should be doing this. And I said, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. No, I am not a pageant coach. (laughs) I'm like, my dad would die. You know, (laughs) I went, I went to school, you know, got a degree. I'm not a pageant coach. And she says, but you do a lot of your life coaching in it. And I said, no, 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 no. So fast forward and we're at Liberty and Kennedy's on the dance team, and Kennedy had done pageants, you know, when she was a preteen, and she actually was Miss Preteen Illinois. I didn't want her doing pageants. People think with girls, it's like toddlers in tears, and I cringe every time. I'm like, <laughs> that is not what this is. I'm like, It oh. is. It is. Yes. Honey boo boo. It that, is. That, That's, is. That, That's what people is. think. Oh I'm gosh. like, oh, no, 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 if they only knew. So anyway, um, there was uh, a good friend on the dance team with Kennedy Ann, she's a year older, Chloe Kimball, and her dad I think was on the board at Liberty, and I became good friends with the mom, and she was just a, a just a beautiful spirit, and so she had been approached to compete before, and I said to her mom, I said, "Gosh, I said you should you know think about letting her compete." And she said, we're going to, I'm going to go home. I'm going to talk to, you know, talk to Bob. We'll pray about it. I get a phone call the next day. And she says, well, we'll let Chloe do it. But if you coach her and I went, what? (laughs) She says, you have to do everything. And I went, no. And she says, but will you do it? So I thought, oh gosh, I'm like, okay. And you know, for, for people that don't know the pageant industry, I mean, Texas is a the big dog, you know, yeah. if you're from Texas and you're expected to do well, it is super competitive. And the, the two largest pageants are the Miss America and Miss USA. And they're the ones that you see on TV. So that's really what people know for the older girls. And Chloe was going to compete in Miss Texas teen USA. So she's not only in the, the biggest pageant that's, you know, on on TV at the time, Donald Trump still owned it, but she's also in the hardest state. She's in Texas. And so I was like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's, let's try this. And I became so close with, with Chloe and I carry the same, you know, toolbox, if you will, I call it my toolbox with life coaching and ethics and, and kind of you know, guidelines that I do now with my pageant clients. And that is, I try to get to know them as much as I can. I want to build a relationship with each one of those girls. Mm -hmm. And when I build a relationship, then there's, there's what? There's trust. Trust, And so with that, then it's like, you see how they can open up and, and sometimes become vulnerable. And and I think there's a shift a lot of people need to realize too, you know, without getting on a soapbox, but that when you, when you're vulnerable, there's power in that. Exactly. And that's where you become empowered. And when you become empowered, then you, you can do things and achieve things greater. But so I coached Chloe and the little stinker went in on her first time competing not just at Miss Texas Teen USA. These girls come back and there's girls competing for the fourth year in a row, the fifth year in a row. She comes in and she competes And not only is it the first time at Texas Teen USA, it's her first time competing in a pageant, and it's unheard of. And so the first time in Texas history was a girl that competed for the first time, but competed in a pageant her very first time um, and had perfect scores in every category and was every judge's choice. It was Chloe, and she won. And and it was all over the message boards that... You know, they're trying to find out where she came from. And, you know, somebody's like, you know, surely she's competed before. There's no way she was that good and hadn't competed. And she was just amazing. And she's the one that gave me Jesus peace. And I remember that weekend, you know, it was, how are we feeling? She's like, Lisa, I've got Jesus peace. I'm like, then we're good to go. We just need Jesus peace. You know, when you got him, you don't need anything else. And um, it was really, it was a testament, you know, to really walking and walking boldly in faith of where you know you're, you're called to go. Right. And after that, I had gotten this thing. I still tear up, but I got this thank you card from Chloe's mom. And, and she said, um, she said, I want you to know what you've done for my daughter. And it isn't about the crown, but we saw, where Chloe was and who she was, and in the five six months that you worked with her, and in the journey and seeing this amazing, strong, confident woman that she's become, she said, "You know," she said, "Lisa, um, you can't buy that." And then she said, "Well, I guess we paid you, so I guess we did." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay." Yeah. And and she said, "You have a gift." And it's to be with these girls and with these women, and that's when I seriously I broke down and I started crying and I went, "Okay, I surrender. I'm a coach. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely love it. Isn't and that funny
0: how you think like you want it something else, but Laura's like, "No, this is where I want you to go," and you like never thought that's where you were gonna go, right? But right. The, but then when you get in it and you're like, "Oh." I was made made for this, you yes. know, and that's so cool. Like, I mean, I never thought I'd be a health coach. Like, I mean, I like right. macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets. Yeah. So like, that's really weird. But the Lord's like, Oh no, but you're going to do this. Yes. you know. And so it is so cool when he just kind of guides you and you kind of go a little bit kicking and screaming, but then you go,
1: Oh, you were right. You were, you were right. right. And you know what? It's just when you do that surrender, you know, Chloe won. Miss Texas Teen USA in 2015, I still, for a while, you know, was kind of like this. And I would have, you know, moms call me and ask, will you work with my daughter? And, you know, I some I would, some I wouldn't. I was like, I just, you know, I kept it real, you know, kind of just loosey-goosey. Right. And when I finally went, you know, I got it. if I'm going to do this, I got to do this. And I still had my life coaching clients, and I still love you know, working with, with them, what people see on social media really is not any of, I can't post about my life coaching clients, you right. know, i there. So they see the pageant. There's so much more. And really what I like now is being in, being in that space to not only pour into these girls and work with them and see who they become at the end of the journey, but also I love, man, dispelling the myth and the stereotype. I'm like, I'm going to break it down because yeah. anybody that can meet, you know, meet uh, Miss USA, Miss America, you know, like they're doctors, they're attorneys. Like these are smart women. They're right. at Yale. They're, yeah. You know, it's not the stereotype that people think, Right. but who they become when they're younger from competing, it's, it's quite amazing really how That's these, so cool. how these girls are. So I do, I love doing that. So now that. you're now coaching.
0: Doing... So you still do your life coaching mm-hmm. and then you also are doing pageants. And so yes. you have like a website. So if people want to, you know, look you up and find out like, I want Lisa to be my coach. They can yes. go to org, or they can follow you on Instagram as Lisa Dean, mm-hmm. um, Facebook Facebook is Lisa Dean and then Instagram is Lisa Dean coaching, Lisa Dean coaching. Mm -hmm. so And so, and you've had like, it's been so fun to watch those girls and just watch how they've been so successful and, you know, and then probably some that haven't been as successful, like walking them through disappointments and how, how you, how you navigate all that as well. And absolutely. Yikes. That's
1: awesome. I mean, so it's got some good and some hard too, right? It's a lot of heart. Yeah, it is a lot of heart. And I, and for that, then I, you know, too, it's, it's a building relationship even with the moms because they, they have to be okay in letting me in their life and in their daughter's life. And you know, so it's, there's a trust there with that too.
0: So now I'm going to ask you some questions that I like to ask everyone that comes on my podcast. So the first thing is what is something fun you're loving these days? Like what are
1: you kind of into? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Okay, what am I into? Um, can't say world peace. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one thing always. I'm like, I don't want to hear world peace, and I don't want to hear that you want to be a role model. <laughs> I want to be a positive role model. No positive no, role model. No oh, world peace. Um, I. What am I? Goodness, let me think. What am I? What am I into right now? Probably just your kids, mostly, yes. right? Yes, you know. Kennedy, lately a lot of that kennedy ann just had her white coat ceremony for nursing at tcu and um loving everything with that with her and and cadence had some really great opportunities come his way now um you know with football so it's it's the kids and it's i i still am doing a little bit of writing i'd started another book and yeah. so yeah so we'll, We'll That's see. so exciting. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what are you reading? What am I reading? Uh I I have my devotional, you know, time every morning that I that I do. And then I've got a lot of favorite writers. Uh one of my favorite Christian authors is John Ortberg. I just Okay. I love him. He's he one of my favorite books of his is Um If You Wanna Walk on Water, You Gotta Get Out of the Boat. And I love that. And One of the most recent, I also, I really enjoy Rachel Hollis. I love her candor. I love, um, I I love, I love women that are okay to be raw and be real. Uh And that's... She's really good at that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, and the other person that I'm reading right now is, um... Is Brene Brown. I absolutely oh, yeah. love her. Which one
0: are you reading hers? I need to get Daring Greatly. Daring Greatly.
1: That's a great one. Yes. I need to,
0: I was just talking about Dare to Lead.
1: I need to get that book. I have mm-hmm. like 18 books. I'm ready. Like ready. On my queue. Yes. <laughs> I have them. I have them wiped up. I also <laughs> have another one. It's Hold Me Tight. That's another one that. Okay. That I have. But what is your favorite parenting? What is your favorite parenting advice? Okay.
0: Because now you got like one that's at TCU, she's a junior, right? Mhm. And then Kaden is a,
1: a junior in high school. Mhm. So kind of going through, yeah. You know what, thinking of Kennedy Ann and Kaden, the one thing that I would I would have to say is every child is different. Mm. And you know, Kennedy Ann I could Take her to an event, and I could say, "You're going to stand right here, and I'll be back in two hours. <laughs> Don't go anywhere." And she would have done it. <laughs> that that was kind of it. Caden, not so much.
0: The <laughs> <Caden's a> boy, <laughs> Caden,
1: Caden. likes to, you know, push the envelope a, l- a little bit. I remember saying to him one time when he was little, Caden, we're going to an adult party, and now just remember, I need you to breathe before you speak. And because sometimes Caden would just say what was ever on his mind and he, he wouldn't care. He would just think it would be okay. And there was no filter. And so (laughs) I would would say Caden, he was about nine or 10 and I'd say, we're still at, you know, you need to breathe before you speak. And when you breathe in, I need you to say, is, is this what Jesus would do? Or is Jesus going to be okay if I ask this? And he said to me, he said, Mom, I asked Jesus into my heart when I was five years old. So he already knows what I'm going to say. And he already knows what I'm going to ask. And if he doesn't <laughs> want me to ask it, he wouldn't let me come out and say it. <laughs> I thought, oh. So his, uh, the way we would, you know, we're parenting him would be a little bit different as far as like with Kennedy. So, and the other thing is, you know, to really know where they are and get on get on their level. One thing I can remember Kennedy saying is she always would remember that after nap time, she always woke up to the smell of fresh baked cookies because I would always make cookies for her when she'd wake up from nap time. And then we'd have cookies and then, you know, we'd watch a show or whatever. And those are some of the things that it's, I kind of would forget that, you know? And the other thing, this is passed down from my, my mom. I remember when I was 15 years old, because now they're, my kids are at that age, that my mom told me, um, and I shared it with Kennedy and I shared it with kaden I said, I want you to know that, um, I will not always agree with what you do and I may not always approve of what you do or what you say or choice that you make, but I will promise you that I will always understand. And mm-hmm. so I think to where they're at now at the age they're at is that they know that they, they have their thoughts, they have their feelings, they have their opinions, you know, their, their choices may not be the same right? or, you know, but, and guess what? We all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, you know, I think it's to have that, that communication Mm -hmm. with them and to know that, I'm going to value what you want to, you know, do in life or what you want to say or, you know, be or actions. And I may not approve. And if there's some wrong choices that you make, I still want them to know they can come and talk to me about it right? and be like, I messed up yeah. and that's okay. Cause guess what? We all do. We all do. Yeah. And as parents, I've had to go and say, you know what? I am so sorry because the way I handled that was, was not my best, you know? Right. And I think that's the other thing too, is for parents to realize, I think we need to give ourselves some grace cause we're not perfect, but to, to own when we're not and the mistakes that we make. And then to be okay to say, you know what? I think it's, I need to apologize to my child for, you know, raising my voice or, you right. know, instead of taking that moment and going, I need, I need the 24 hour cool off rule <laughs> and then I'll come back and we're going <laughs> to deal with this. So, I have a your, bunch of little ones. Yeah.
0: Oh, those are good. So, what about your, what is your, like, if you had a parenting do over, what would that be? You have
1: one? You know what? I don't, probably let Caden wear whatever he wanted to wear when he was little. <laughs> it didn't matter. He did, it didn't matter. You know, like really don't sweat the the small things. You know, yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. And a lot of the time I think I, I did. And And to know that you do have to pick your battles, and it wasn't always a matter of disrespecting me if I say you're going to wear this to school when you're, you know, six years old, seven years old, and you're going to, or six years old, going to, you know, kindergarten and you want to wear sweats. And I'm like, no, we don't wear sweats to school. <laughs> and now what does he wear? That's all he wears is sweats. <laughs> well, it's so, just a battle. You're not going to win, yes, right? So you yes. know that. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's just until, you know, to kind of just lighten up a little bit yeah. on things.
0: So what is your, um, what is your favorite beverage, like adult or otherwise? What's your favorite like
1: beverage? It depends where I am and with who. (laughs) Dean and I used to have date night in Chicago. And when we would do date night, we'd go to dinner and then we'd walk home because we lived in Chicago. And when we'd walk home, there was this little piano bar and he would love to go have a martini. And so we would go stop there and and listen, you know, go to the piano bar and and have a martini and then go home. Um, And then my you know, we like to have a good glass of Cabernet and when I'm with my girlfriend's then it's kind of like maybe i have a, you know, a good glass of Cabernet or Cabernet. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. My, another question is what's your favorite travel destination?
1: Oh, well now that we're in Texas, I mean, it's really kind of like I would say Chicago cause I just, oh, you love going there. I love Chicago. I love Chicago in the summer. In to the me, summer. there's nothing. There's, n- there's no city. You know, love, love Texas, love Dallas, but Chicago, nothing's going to compare.
0: So do you go for like a, like a week or do you like to go like for an extended period
1: of time? Well, when I go up there now, it's, it's only been by myself and for work. And so I'll go up there, you know, for three days I fly in, I'll do a workshop or I'm speaking and then I'm, and then I'm out and I don't get to enjoy it. I would love to go up and take Kennedy Ann and, you know, and Caden and go. The other place I will say that we really like to go is, we haven't been there that many times, but, uh, is, is South Africa. And we have oh, wow. an orphan, an orphan, um, home that we built over there. Oh wow. And then we built a hospice with my family. And so when they completed the orphan home, I actually was going over to speak and I was able to take Kennedy in with me and oh. we were able to go and and actually tour the home when it was done and see everything. So so it's right outside of Durban. So that would probably be, um, one of our favorite places to go. Right. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, and where we go, it's, it's not that, you know, we're in Johannesburg or, you know, we fly into there, but that's it. And it's the people.
0: Yeah. And when you're with these people
1: Mm -hmm. and they have such joy Mm -hmm. in all things at all times, no matter what it's, it really brings you back. And, So we love it going there. That's awesome. I have not been to South Africa here. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um,
0: so what is your favorite healthy snack or meal that you're kind of into right now?
1: So I just got an instant pot for Christmas. (laughs) I'm scared of them. I'm scared. Are you scared? that's going to explode? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's why I
0: haven't bought one, but like, I think they would change my life, but I'm like scared. They're going to explode.
1: Yes. And I was too. I was too, but I will tell you what amazes me is I made this, this Tuscan chicken pasta dish in there and, and you, you know, you put, you hit the button of where it's supposed to go and how many, you know, minutes. And literally it was like, I've got the chicken, I've got the pasta all in there. And somehow it is all cooked perfectly in seven minutes. No. And I'm like. The, and, and what I don't get is, I'm like, how come the chicken isn't overcooked and rubbery, and how is my pasta not overcooked or undercooked? Like it was, it was perfect. Was it like a kit, or was it like it was a recipe? It was a recipe, and I just went, this, this can't be real. This can't be real. Uh-uh. It was perfect. Okay. And so that I love the Instant Pot, but for healthy. I love, I've got a juicer and I try to do celery juice as much as I can. Okay. So I love, 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 love celery juice. Helps mm. with inflammation and all that great stuff. Okay. And a little bit of detoxing. But healthy snack, I actually, though this is going to sound really kind of goofy, but it's great, is you just get the romaine lettuce leaves and put a couple slices of turkey on there. But then in a little dish, I'll mix up, Peanut butter, organic peanut butter, and sriracha. And you mix that up. Yeah. And then you put a layer of that down in the turkey, and you have this little turkey sriracha boat. And it is really good. Okay. I know. With peanut butter. It sounds crazy peanut butter and sriracha. It's a really
0: weird combo, but it's probably so yummy.
1: Yes. Low calories and. And low carb, no carbs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So last question is what's your favorite workout you're into right now?
1: Okay. So funny story. I made a a commitment. I, you know, I just think that I never want to start, you know, I never want to stop learning and I never want to stop living. Right. And so I'm, I'm always wanting to set goals. So I had made a goal that I was going to compete in some type of a competition and okay. I thought, what is it going to be? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a fitness competition. Oh, you
0: are like and a figure so, competition. So
1: oh my gosh, <laughs> I do the research <laughs> and we're laughing. Cause of course, you know, I tell my husband this and I'm, he's like, are you sure Lisa? <laughs> he, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in the classic division now, you know, Yeah. <laughs> maybe the only one there, you know, but I thought I need to set a goal. I'm going to do it. And, but so I, I researched, I found this great trainer. I started training and next thing I know, I wake up, I've got tingling down my arm. I'm like, what is going on? And go have an x-ray, which then led to an MRI and I have degenerative disc disease. And I'm told then by the doctor, you're not allowed to work out until I have physical therapy and get that taken care of. So I have not been able to work out since November and Uh, now I'm physical therapy, but, um, that goal, who knows if that'll happen? Yeah, um, but I can walk and I can do yoga and Pilates, and so I have my Peloton being delivered next week. <laughs> my treadmill, I'm like
0: your I'm treadmill, get, you can do that. Yes. Oh gosh, Jeffrey wants one so bad. He talks about it every day. I'm like, okay, you can go down the street. The club has one. Like, we, you yes, know, so I know our fitness center has one down the street. I know. I'm like, you just go there. So anyway, and so. I but
1: I grew up dancing, and so I loved doing like country heat. Yes, and yes. I
0: love. You need to try the new. A uh, pio um, bar, a bar bar blend because it's like it's like dance like all over that's again what I heard. like it's bringing back all those things like oh yeah that move and that move yes. it's, kept, it's fun and it's hard
1: that's what I heard oh my gosh it's so hard and is it only like a half hour yes but I'm dying yes that's what I
0: heard like a half hour and you're dying yes but it's good. And okay. I can't imagine it not working because like the muscles that it's working and stuff is so cool. So. You
1: wake up so sore. Good. It's so good. Yeah. That I could do, which would be yeah.
0: great. Yeah. You could totally do that. Okay. You are so sweet to <laughs> share <laughs> your story with me and I just love it. And I love that you got to, sh- you, <sighs> that you came and shared it with everybody. And I no, just, right. I just know it's going to be such an encouragement to other people that, you know, have, you know, career minded and how to balance all that and how just to, sometimes the Lord just changes your direction and how it's okay. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. No, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for listening to my podcast. Oh, the people will meet. Please visit my website at funfitmom.com where you can learn more about what I do or contact me directly. If you love the podcast, would you share it with your friends and even subscribe? I'm looking forward to who we get to meet next time. Until then.